Well, good morning, Next Level Church. Happy New Year, everybody. Woohoo! Anybody excited about 2009? Man, I am fired up. Yeah, I am fired up to, to not be in 2008 anymore. It's like, good heavens, enough of that year. Let's get on to something else. And uh, I am excited about the new year. Uh, I was up on my ladder, actually, this week taking Christmas lights down because I'm handy like that. And uh, what's up now? And um, <laughs> I was thinking back over the last 12 months or so and thinking about how, the, how much change, how much transition has been uh, in our family, in our life, in our church, and that sort of thing. And um, I don't know if you're like me, maybe you reflect on things like that. But while I'm up there on the ladder taking Christmas lights down, I actually started to fast forward a little bit. And I fast forward, you know, into the first day, the first weekend of next year, 2010, 365 days from now. I'm starting to think about it, you know, I'm starting to reflect on it, and I'm thinking, man, if, if there was as much change as there was over the last 12 months of my life in the past, how much change, how much transition, you know, is there going to be going forward 12 months, 365 days from, from this weekend? How will my life be different? How will my life be the same? You know, for some of us, maybe it's, it's a relational zone, and we're going, you know, man, I, I, I hope that relationally things are different for me a year from now as they were, you know, a year past, or, uh, you know, maybe it's financially, that it's 2009, you know, January is kind of the resolution month, and we all, you know, make resolutions, and I'm going to get out of debt this year, and, you know, 12 months from now, I want to be debt-free instead of where I am today, or, you know, maybe it's a, it's a weight loss thing or a fitness thing, and 12 months from today, I, I, I hope that I will have, you know, lost X amount of pounds or look different or be able to run a half marathon or something like that. You know, we've all, we all kind of set these goals. If you've set a New Year's resolution, raise your hand right now. Anybody, anybody into the, okay, all right, a few of us, good, fantastic, all the rest of us, you know, you know what I love about the whole January New Year's resolution thing? is that it's kind of like where we as a society collectively kind of determine that we're going to act now. That we're going we're to take matters into our own hands this month, today, this week, starting in January. And, and things are going to look different in our life, be it weight loss, be it you know, debt reduction, or whatever, any, any area of our life. And my question for us this morning, as we launch into this new series, and I'm so pumped about spending the month of January in, as a church, is, do we ever make spiritual resolutions? I mean, is there ever a time in our life where we, where we pause and we go, you know, I don't want my spiritual life to be the same as it is today. That, that, look, let's go backwards for a second. Twelve months ago, 365 days ago, how is our relationship with God different today than it was 365 days ago. And now fast forward. Go 365 days into the future. The first weekend of 2010. Think about that with me for a sec. How is our relationship with God going to be different then than it is now? And that's what this series is about. This, this series we're calling Act Now for the first five weeks of our 2009 is geared around us being proactive in engaging spiritual spiritual growth, in us engaging not being the same this year in our spiritual life, in our relationship with God, as we were a year ago. Now, there are some difficulties involved in that whole thing, aren't there? I mean, maybe some of us even right now, you know, you hear me use the term spiritual growth and you start to push back a little bit. You go, oh, uh, yeah, great, Matt, but you know what? You asking me to 
be proactive about spiritual growth is like asking me to paint a picture of how much I love my dog. I mean, I, I don't even know if I can paint a picture of my dog, much less how much I love my dog, right? So, they, right, I mean, there's some, there's some built-in difficulties, aren't there, to, to this whole spiritual growth thing. I, I mean, for one, it's very hard. Uh, uh, it, it's hard for us to measure, isn't it? I mean, when we talk in terms of spiritual growth, my spiritual life, my relationship with God, it, it's, it's kind of vague in some ways. And maybe some of us, you know, in terms of, you know, one of the reasons why we've never been real proactive to, in our spiritual life is, is because it's so hard to measure. We don't really know where we are. You know, for us men, it's like we need a challenge. We need to know when we're, if we're winning or losing type of thing. And when it comes to spiritual growth, it's like, I don't know. You know, it's hard to measure. Uh, second thing is that it's hard to start. Isn't it? That maybe, you know, maybe you're like, well, yeah, I tried that one time, preacher. I'm on to you. You know, type, and you're like, man, I, you know, I tried to read my Bible one time and it didn't make any sense. You know, it, it is, it, or maybe we feel guilty that we're like, man, it's been so long since I've spent any time with God, since, I, you know, since I've invested strategically in my relationship with God, that we kind of, maybe we, we wrestle with some guilt feelings, you know, or, or maybe, you know, one of the difficulties of, of engaging our spiritual life or, or really kind of addressing the spiritual growth issue in our life is, is that it's hard to apply. You know, we, we look at the Bible and we think, man, I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. I'm sure that, you know, God's got some good things to say to me about how I'm supposed to live my life better. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, I read something and I go, I don't know what this is supposed to mean. You know, I don't know what, what does this mean. So, so there's some of those common barriers, aren't there? Then we start talking about this deal. Well, here's the thing. This series, Act Now, for the next five weeks, the first five weeks of 2009, is geared around, is built around making our spiritual growth as easy as we possibly can. Today we're going to talk about what it means to, to, to spend time with God daily and how that's so important and how we, how we make that easy. And I want to share some things with you that we've discovered as a church that I think are going to just make Bible study and that whole spending time with God thing uh, so, so amazingly simple for some of us, for all of us. Uh, next week we're going to talk about how we make you know, doing life together, building relationships with other believers and being strategic in that area of our life, how we make that easy. Week three then... Uh, we're going to be talking about how we engage the community around us and how we, you know, make it easy for us as Christians to, to get involved in our community and what God's doing in our region of the country. Then in week four, January 25th, is Vision Sunday. And this is, I'm telling you, if there is one Sunday to attend, it is... It's next Sunday, but in the Sunday after that. But, but no, in January the 25th, you guys, is Vision Sunday, and I am so pumped. Okay, we've got some cool stuff that's on the horizon. We feel like God has opened some doors for advancement for us as a church. We've got some, some strategic initiatives that, that we just want to drill into and just, just mine. I just, I'm, I'm just telling you, January 25th, all roads lead to January 25th. Vision Sunday, both services, it's going to be awesome. I'm just so pumped about it. And, and anyway, I'm, shh, my staff is like, don't say any more, dude. We're trying to, you know, this number. Anyway, anyway, and then, wow, did you see that? I almost fell. And then the fifth part of the series is all about how we use our spiritual gifts, how, how you and I take the talents and, and abilities God's placed inside of us, and how we make it as easy as possible for you and I in 2009 to engage those talents and passions in us to serve others in the body of Christ. So, so this is a series we're calling Act Now, and I am excited because I believe that if we can take a hold of these five principles that we're talking about over the course of these next five weeks and get them down deep inside of us that we'll be able to live in 2009 with more passion, with more joy, with more focus, with more intentionality than we ever could otherwise. 
but it's up to us to act now. So, today is part one, and today we're talking about uh, what it means, what it looks like to, to spend time with God. Now, quick question for you. If you're married or in a, in a serious relationship with a significant other, raise your hand right, right now. If you're, if you're married or awesome, way to go. Wow, way to, like, yeah, way to be married and stuff, or significantly othered, uh, connected. Anyway, okay, let me ask all of us who just raised our hand a question real quick. Okay. Do you think that zooming out a year from now, 365 days from now, your relationship with your spouse or significant other, however that looks, would be stronger or weaker if you only talk to your spouse once a week? We laugh, but some of us are like, that's brilliant! Yes! Honey, we can start talking like once a week! Lord, thank you. Happy New Year to me, right? So, okay, if that's you, by the way, we have a prayer team over here at the end of service. You and your significant other, come on down. Come on down. Just come on. You, you need, no, you need, really, you need prayer. That's not what we're talking about. Now, anyway, of course, if, if we only talk to our spouse once a week, 365 days from now, that relationship is going to be so weak, isn't it? It's, my wife and I experienced a little of this in a microcosm when I spent 12 days in India because of the time change and the cell phone connections. and just, It was just weird, and so we were only able to connect about two or three times over the phone. And even when we did, she was running in her rhythm and, and taking care of the kids and doing everything here. And I was over there doing India stuff. And it was just, it was just hard. And, you know, you talk and you'd be like, ah... See, all of us know it's true. If we're, if we're a married couple, we know that, that if we only connected with our spouse one time a week, that a year from now, that relationship is going to be weak. And see, here's what I want to contend with and start with today. The very same thing is true when it comes to our relationship with God. The very same thing is true. To see, God is a relational being and he wants to spend time with us daily. He wants every single day to be a part of our life. He doesn't want to be compartmentalized to what we do on Sunday. To one time a week. And in fact, the reality is, if, if our time here on Sunday mornings is the only time that we're connecting meaningful with God, then we're going to be seriously malnutritioned as a follower with Jesus. That relationship between us and our Heavenly Father is not going to be what it wants to be. And my contention is this. We will never become all that God wants for us to become in our life until we figure out how to daily spend time with God. And that's not a duty thing. I mean, that's not, that, that's not some religious duty or, you know, obligation. In the same way that with my wife, it's not that way. That I don't feel like I, I'm under any pressure or duty or obligation to, to connect and spend time with my wife on a daily basis. No, I want to do life with my wife. I, I want to I to be a part of the process. Well, the same is true in our relationship with God. God desires for you and I to spend time with Him daily so that He can be involved in the daily decisions of our life. And the way we do that is by building into our day, somewhere into our day strategically, consistent times of conversation, so to speak. Just as I would with my spouse. Uh, uh, consistent times of conversation where us and God can just spend a few minutes together. 
prayer is, is us talking to God, but how does God talk to us? What, what does a conversation with God look like? Well, God speaks to us primarily today through the Bible, through this book. This is the Word of God. And God speaks to us in this book, through this book. But, but here's the thing, that we have to be in this book. We have to dedicate ourselves. We have to set time aside to studying this book. It's like, it's like eating. It's like a meal. And see, God desires, God wants us to become what we call around here self-feeders. God wants each and every one of us who are his followers to become self-feeders, to, to learn how to feed ourselves. Like with my kids, I have two boys, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and when they were infants, when they were babies, my wife and I didn't think twice about, you know, preparing food for them. We'd get up, we'd make a bottle, we'd make several bottles a day, that whole deal. And then there was like the baby food phase, which was like phase one, and it's the itty-bitty jar, you know, and it's like 20 calories. Oh, how cute. But then it was like stage two, and then stage three was like diced pears. My boy, I'm so proud of you. You're on stage three. Some parents know what I'm talking about. Right? Is it, see, and as, as kids grow, right, the natural progression is that they learn how to feed themselves, right? Well, the very same thing is true when it comes to, to us and, and studying the Bible. That if we're waiting around for mom and dad to prepare us food, that, that the only time we ever can eat is on Sunday when someone prepares the food for us. We're going to be malnutritioned as a follower of Jesus. See, it's, it's up to us to learn how to feed ourselves. Matter of fact, the Bible actually talks about this in Hebrews chapter 5. Look at this verse. It's on the screen. The writer here is writing to a group of Christians much like us. And look at what he says. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers. In other words, you've been around the Word of God long enough that you should be able to tell other people about this. Instead, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. He's like, listen, you're not growing. You're still expecting someone else to feed you. And instead, you're the one who should be feeding someone else. Verse 14, look at this. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Here's what God wants. God wants you and I, if we are followers of Jesus, if we're in relationship with God, God wants us to develop a, a strategy, a plan, that you and I can daily, quote, feed ourselves in the Word of God. So why? So that we'll become mature, and then look at what he says. When we become mature by constant use, by daily feeding ourselves in the Bible, in the Word of God, we learn good from evil. The, the Bible was basically saying right there to us that if you and I can figure out how to study God's Word in such a way, that it gets into our heart, that it sticks, that it applies to us, that it actually helps us in the decision-making zones of our life. And 365 days from now, we will make better and wiser decisions because daily we're spending time with God, hearing what God wants for our life than we would if we didn't. So how do we do that? How do you and I do that? Well, this morning, I want to share with you for the next few minutes uh, kind of a, a teaching uh, a portion of this morning because uh, early last year, about March or April of last year, I came across the method called the SOAP method of studying the Bible every single day. And if I'm being honest with you, I'll just tell you my story. My story is this. 
even though I've been in ministry now, whatever, 12, 14 years, whatever it is, I have, I have always struggled with this daily spending time with God. I've struggled to build it in consistently and for it not to get stale, to build it in and it not be like, oh, I don't know if you can relate to that or not. But that's been, that's been my story until last year when I came across this SOAP method, S-O-A-P, of studying the Bible. And you guys, I'm telling you, it has transformed my life. I, I daily look forward to my time with God now. I, I daily wake up and I'm like, what is God going to say? What is God going to say? What is God going to say? See, we have found here at Next Level Church that soap is a great way to daily feed ourselves. And so I want to take just a few minutes and, and unpack this soap method for you that, that I use, that our staff uses, that, that dozens and dozens of us across Next Level are using to daily study the Word of God. Now, here's the great thing about soap. It is easy it is guilt-free. I mean, it is like, it's like, all, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. It's, I love, I love so. Okay, so, so you ready for this? When you came in in your bulletin, you were given one of these. Uh, take out that card because I want us to, to look at this. Because there are five things that we need to soap. Okay, so ready? Here you go. Welcome to class. This is Soap 101. Everybody lather together. Wait. That's not funny, bro. That's not funny. This is church. Don't be making jokes like that. That's not funny. Anyway, ready for this? Okay, what do you need? Number one, you need a Bible. Everyone say Bible. We need a Bible. If we're going to study the Bible, we got to have a Bible. Now, here's the thing. Some of us, we got like a Bible that was passed down from our great, great, great grandfather. And it's like in the these and thous ages of like the 1600s. And like that's the only Bible you have. I'm telling you, you probably don't want to use that Bible. Here, here's what I use. I've got three different translations. And again, if you're writing things down, write these down. As far as what I use on Sunday mornings, the lion's share of teaching here on Sunday morning is what I call the, or what is called the TNIV, the Today's New International Version. So on Sunday mornings, most every verse that I ever preach and teach from the screens and all of that comes from the TNIV, Today's New International Version. Let me give you an illustration of that. John 3.16, the verse that everybody holds up on the back behind the goalposts in the football game type of thing. Okay, here's, I want to read John 3.16 in each one of these three different translations so you can kind of get a feel for it. And some of you are like, I didn't even know what that was. Talk to my spouse once a week and there's revelation on the football game, guy. I love this church. Okay, here's what it says. John 3.16 in the TNIV says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the TNIV. And again, on Sunday mornings, that's what I'll teach out of here uh, when we're live. A second translation that I read from at home often is the New Living Translation, the NLT, the New Living Translation. And the reason I like this is because uh, it comes from a guy who was reading and studying the Bible with his kids, and then he started to uh, realize that his kids weren't getting it. So he basically translated, he and a bunch of scholars, translated the Bible into like a 10-year-old level. So instead of, you know, talking about fancy flatbread or something, he referred to it as pancakes. Well, okay, the children of Israel were not eating like Aunt Jemima, but it, 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 you know what I'm saying. So I like the New Living. So, so if, you know, New Living, so listen to John 3.16 in the New Living. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then a third translation that I've been using lately that I just am loving is a paraphrase. And it's called the message. It's called the message. And, and I'm telling you, if you are new to Bible study, 
then you can, and even if you've been around Bible study in a while, the message is so fresh and so, it's, it's, I just, I, I love this. And listen to how John 3.16 writes in the message. Look at this. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can, can have a whole and lasting life. I, I love that. So of late, I've actually been studying and reading, doing my soaps out of the message. Just because I, I just think there's such vivid language and imagery in there. I just, I love it. So you need to have a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible that you can read and understand easily... I would encourage you to go get one. The most important part of a Bible study is having a Bible that you can understand and actually get something out of. So grab one of these three translations if you want. Uh, you know, Barnes & Noble or Target or Walmart or, or a Christian bookstore. You can get one of these, you know, Bibles. And I'll say this about, about getting a Bible because I know that as we've talked through this soap stuff before, I've had people actually call me while they're at the bookstore and they're like, this Bible costs a lot of money. Why didn't you warn us? Well, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Curses on you, preacher. No. Um, uh, yes, I, I mean, if you get like a, a Bible that's like with the study notes and the commentaries and the whole deal, I mean, you could pay a lot. I mean, I think this Bible is like $10. This one was like 10 because it was on clearance. I think I paid $35 for this. So, I mean, yes, but uh, here's how I look at it. Uh, having a Bible that you can understand is a lot like having a nice pair of shoes. You gotta get what you pay for. And I mean you can you know, you can buy like a cheapo eight dollar pair of shoes and I mean it'll get you to and from, but there's something about having some what's up now. Nice shoes. Uh, so anyway, the key there is make sure you have a Bible that you can read and understand. The second thing you need when it comes to learning or soap and daily is you need a journal. And this is a journal, my journal uh, that I'm in right now. Uh, just basically a journal is a book with blank pages. And before some of you go all junior high on me and be like, really, bro? Why isn't it pink with a little girly lock on it and stuff that says diary? Listen, that's not what it is. It's manly brown and it's nice. So anyway, I think I got this at Target for like $9. But you need a journal. You know why? This is like a spiritual DVR. See, you and I just aren't smart enough or spiritual enough to remember everything that we read. And so during our times that we're meeting with God, make sure you, you have a journal that you can just record your thoughts and, and record what God is speaking to your heart. That's so huge. Third, you need a pen. Um, nextlevelchurch.com pens. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So um, make sure you have something to write with because don't be afraid to underline in your Bible when you're reading through. You know, what, well, I don't want to mess it up. Well, why not? It's your Bible. I mean, do what you, it's like your living room. If you want to leave your shoes out, leave your shoes out. You know why? Because it's your living room. So it's, it's your Bible. So have a pen, write something down, you know, be able to underline stuff. The fourth thing you need is your reading guide, which again, everybody take out this, this tan card that was in your bulletin. Um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. From now to Vision Sunday, I told you it was that important, we are taking the 21-day challenge as a church, and we are reading one chapter a day. Again, this is easy. This is guilt-free. The book of John, uh, we're reading one chapter. Starting tomorrow, we're, we're reading one chapter a day all the way through the book of John from now to Vision, I, or Vision Sunday. And on Vision Sunday, we're giving you the NLC official 2009 uh, soap reading guide. So you'll get that on Vision Sunday. But from now to then, I want to encourage you to take the 21-day challenge because experts say that if you do something 21 days in a row, it has a really strong likelihood that it'll make it its way as a habit um, or a pattern into your life. And so uh, that's kind of the challenge here. We want you to, to take advantage of that. So you need your Bible. You need a journal. Um, I'm going to hold all this stuff up. And, and you need a pen. And then the last thing you need is, is a scratch piece of paper. 
You know why? Because if you're like me, you sit down to read your Bible, you sit down to soap and spend time with God, and you're like, oh, I need to call that person. And then you're looking around, and you're like, man, where do I write that down? Have a scratch piece of paper there. You know why? So you can just write it down. Hey, like with me, most mornings, I'll come away from my time of soap, and I've got like eight or ten things on my to-do list. I'm like, oh, I can't forget to do those things. Because otherwise, you're going to be sitting there trying to read your Bible, and you'll be like, oh, I need to call that person. I need to call that person. Wait, what am I doing? And you're going to, like, remember, right? You're trying to, you know, figure it out. So, so you need five things. You need your Bible. You need your journal. You need something to write with. You need your reading guide. And you need a scratch piece of paper that you can just jot down some things, you know, if something comes up on your to-do list or whatever. And then, now, now that you got all five of those things, you're ready to soap. Everybody ready for this? Here we go. Soap is this. Very simply, S-O-A-P. The S stands for Scripture. Like with me, if I'm going to do a soap, I'm going to grab my Bible, I'm going to open to whatever chapter we're on today in the reading guide, and then I'm just going to pause right before I read, I'm just going to say a short prayer, I'm going to go, Lord, you know, open my heart, speak to me today about what you want me to see in this chapter. And then I'm going to start reading, and as I read through, just start underlining stuff. If there are words, you know, that jump off the page at you, or a phrase, or a verse, and you're just like, yeah, that's for me, you know, just underline things that, are, that stuck out to you. I'm telling you, this is easy, this is guilt-free, this is, um, this, is, this is Bible study gone easy right here. Underline stuff. Then at the end of that, go back through, and everything, everything that you underlined in that, uh, that chapter, then go back through and reread those things. And as you're looking through, just, you know, again, just kind of say, okay, God, which one of those verses impacts me the greatest? Which one of those things hits me the hardest? And then take that verse in your journal and then write it down. And so for me, I'll put the date, you know, 1, 4, 0, 9, and then under that, I'll just put S for Scripture. And then longhand, write it out. No abbreviations, because uh, if you're like me, you can write like in shorthand, and my wife will look at it and be like, what does that say? It's, I understand, it's code, and I get it, you know. But, but write it out. You know why? Because there's something about the discipline of writing like that that actually slows our pace down long enough that God can actually speak to us. And so for me, you know, S, and I'll just write it out. John 3.16, and I'll just write that out. For God so loved the world. Just write that out longhand. And then you do the O, which is observation. Very simply, it's this. What do you observe or what is it that you see in that verse? Why did it jump out at you? So you can kind of see a sample of mine that I did on the back of your guide from John 3.16. Let's look at that together. The observation says this. In this verse, this is me writing, John makes it clear that the only way for us to have the kind of life we all dream about is by embracing Jesus Christ. God doesn't want to see us destroy ourselves. That's why he sent Jesus. That was my observation of John 3.16 that day. And I just wrote it down. So then I take my O and I just write in there, observation. Here's what it is. I'm telling you, this is easy. Then A is application. This is, this is where we simply turn what we observe into how does this apply to my life. So application is who cares? It's asking the question, so what? So A is application, and then for me, I just write that out. You can see the sample again. Here's how I applied John 3.16 to my life that day. I want to live my life to the fullest. I want the kind of life that God promises. I don't want to live a life of destruction and death all around me. That's why I need to continue to respond daily and embrace what Jesus has done for me. See how I turned the verse and I, and I applied it to my life? I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff that makes spiritual growth possible in our life on a daily basis. And then finally is P, is prayer. And maybe you're not a person who's ever written out prayers or anything like that. You don't have to be a theologian. Don't focus on what you don't understand. Just focus on what God is speaking to your heart. And the P is prayer. And then very simply, prayer is turning the observation and application into a dedication. Prayer is where you and I dedicate ourselves 
to whatever it is that we read. Here's my prayer for the day. I wrote this. God, today I recommit to your way of doing life, to your plan for my life, to your ideas and agendas, not my own. Hear the dedication in that? I know that when left to myself, it only ends in heartache and destruction. So I embrace you once again today. Amen. Again, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be all wordy. It doesn't have to have these and thous. It just has to, it has to flow from your heart. And I'm telling you, you guys, if we can start to nail this down, imagine the possibilities. Imagine what our life would look like if we started to get God's word, God's wisdom, God's ways of doing life on this planet, the planet he created. Imagine what our life could look like 365 days from now if every day we could develop the discipline of spending time in His Word and applying it to our life. There's no right or wrong way to do this. We don't have to be a theologian. We don't even have to understand everything. See, uh, the truth is, once you and I develop the habit of soaping, it actually pushes us into greater and further and deeper Bible study. Then we come back that night and we go, man, I, I want to, you know, I want to unpack that again. There was something in there I didn't understand. That's the beauty of soap. That's what I love about it. And finally, and here's the, the, where I want to end today. The best way for us to reinforce what we're learning is by sharing it with someone else. The best way for us to reinforce what we're learning is is by creating an environment or being in an environment where we can share it with someone else. Uh, I heard someone say one time that the best way to learn is to teach. Like with me, if I want to memorize a passage of Scripture, the best way I can do that is to teach it. Because by the time I write my message and practice my message and deliver my message, I pretty well have memorized the verse. That I pretty much, I, I get it. I mean, so, so the best way for us to learn something, to really integrate it into our being, is to share it with someone else. If you're married or you have a significant other, I want to strongly encourage you as your pastor that you set time aside, you make time this year to weekly soap together, to weekly stop and spend time together as a husband and a wife saying, man, what's God doing in your heart? Let me, let me share with you. I mean, think about it. You want intimacy in your relationship? You want, it, you want God to grow you deeper together as a married couple? I'm telling you, the fastest way to see intimacy grow in your relationship with your spouse is to study God's Word together. Imagine the possibilities, married people, of what that would look like to sit down and plan it in. Otherwise, it won't happen. Sit down once a week and go, let me read this together. Let me share with you what God spoke to my heart while I was soaping last week. Let me share this with you. I'm telling you, married people, this is a great way to grow together spiritually. And I would encourage some of us to get a, be a part of a SOAP connection group. Uh, Scott mentioned that next week we're launching our connection groups, and I'm so excited about it. We've got literally dozens and dozens of connection groups all over Southwest Florida that are starting up next week. I'm actually going to be leading a once-a-month SOAP connection group where once a month, fourth Saturday of the month or whatever it is, I'm going to be meeting people, whoever wants to come, at Panera Bread up by, off of 41 North. And we're going to soap together. And here's what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to soap before we get there. We're going to get there. And then we're going to look at the reading guide and go, okay, today is this. And we're going to spend the first 15 or 20 minutes drinking coffee and studying God's Word and journaling. And then when we're done, we're going to put it down and we're going to say, all right, let's talk about what God's doing in our life. Let's talk about what God's speaking to our hearts. Think about it. What an awesome way to do life with people. 
What an awesome way to, to maybe, you know, carve in time around your lunch hour where two or three people in your workplace could, could read together and, and, and journal and then share what God's doing in your life together. I want to challenge some of you that you need to be, I think God is probably speaking to some of us right now that you need to start a soap group once a week in the evening or, or once a month on a Saturday or whatever the case may be. I think that God is probably going to raise up many of us to start many soap groups all over the region of Southwest Florida. You know why? Because this stuff will change our life. Imagine the impact it has when we can get together once a week or once a month with another group of people and study and talk about what God's doing in our heart. There's no preparation involved. There's, this is probably the easiest small group you could ever lead, except for the, what did they say? The bocce or whatever it was. Anyway, I, here's the thing. I don't know about you, but when I look at my life, when I zoom ahead 365 days into the future to the first weekend of 2010, there aren't too many things about my life that I hope will be the same. I hope that 365 days from now, my marriage will be stronger than it is today. I hope that I will be a better father to my two boys 365 days from now than I am right now. I hope that I will be a better pastor. I hope that I'll be a better communicator. I hope that I'll be a better writer than I am today. When I zoom ahead 365 days in my life, more than any of those other things, I hope that I will be a more devoted and better follower of Jesus than I am right now. But the only way that's going to happen is not if I'm waiting on someone else to feed me. It's, it's not going to happen if I'm waiting on Sunday morning, if I'm waiting on the one meal a week. I'm not going to become the follower of Jesus that God wants me to become this year unless I determine to act now. Unless I make a decision today to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to building this into the daily rhythm and routine of my life. If we really believe that God's Word has some great things to say for how we live our life, and that He offers us an opportunity to have the most blessed and fulfilled life that any person can live on this planet when we do it His way, then imagine what our lives could look like you and I determine today to act now. Imagine what our lives could look like three weeks from now and 365 days from now if we decided to act now. This morning I want us to have a time of prayer in this moment. And I want to ask you this question. How do you need to act now? How do you need to respond to what you've heard today? Maybe, maybe your daily time with God has drifted from what it needs to be. Maybe you've never had the discipline or had the, the discipline of, of developing that daily time with God. Well, for you, the commitment today then is to step across that line and, and to step out of here, making that commitment with hundreds of others of us between now and vision night for sure, that we are going to daily spend time in God's Word. Some of us, God is speaking to you right now, 
about starting a SOAP connection group. And you need to email Pastor Scott this week, Pastor Scott at nextlevelchurch.com. And you need to email him and go get on the hook and get accountable and commit to once a week or once every couple of weeks or once a month, you're going to lead a SOAP group and get you and a few people around you where you're going to study God's word together. And God's speaking that to your heart right now. And you need to make a commitment to that. Some of us need to get accountable with our spouse right now. When we leave this place, go and have lunch and sit down with your spouse and say, you know what, I need you to hold me accountable. That I take a few minutes in the morning or a few minutes over my lunch hour or a few minutes in the evening after the kids are in bed. And I turn off the TV and I sit down and I spend time in God's Word. And as a married couple or if you're single, you and a friend or a couple of friends need to commit to one another that you're going to act now, that you're going to put this discipline into place so that 365 days from now, our life won't look like it looks today. That we can look at our life and realize that we are closer to Jesus. We are more like Jesus. We're living like God wants us to live more than ever before because we're daily spending time in his word. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for bringing us to this place today where we can be challenged. Here at the beginning of 2009, God, we can be challenged to respond to you to daily pick up your word lord we've been we've been empowered with a a simple strategy of soap to to daily connect with one scripture that just applies and impacts and just gets deep inside of our lives father i pray for courage today as we consider and ponder this idea of acting now what that can look like for us And Lord, I pray for the person who's here who's never had this discipline of spending time daily in your word. I pray you give them courage to take the 21-day challenge. God, I pray for the person who, who has done that in the past but has drifted from it. Lord, that you would give them the courage to go and buy a new Bible or buy a new journal and re-engage this process again in the new year. Father, for several people, Lord, that you're speaking to their heart right now. They've got that thing turning in their stomach and they can feel it. They know, God, that's you calling them to step up and lead a soap group. I pray that you give them the courage to to do that this semester, to email Pastor Scott. And Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you would give each and every one of us the courage to act now. God, we know that your word has the best way for us to live and navigate through life. And I pray that you would help us to have the courage to make a commitment to spend time daily in it. Lord, would you help us to act now? In Jesus' name and all across this room, everyone said, amen.